1: you know, guys, the last few weeks we've been doing a series called Crossing the Line, Understanding Temptation, and the reality is is that we're talking about when you and I are tempted, and let's just be honest, we're all tempted. Now, but we're specifically talking about a certain type of temptation. We're talking about the temptation that you and I give into that leads to self-destructive behaviors in our life. Does everybody understand I'm not talking about when you're driving by a pizza joint or a burger joint and you get the whiff of the burger coming in through the exhaust from the building and you're like, boy, that smells good. I'm tempted. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about whatever it is in your life that leads to destructive behaviors. Now, I've been asking you to focus on one issue, but the reality is for all of us there are many issues. Does everybody acknowledge that? Because you just don't sin in one area. You sin in multiple areas. I've been asking you to focus on one area as we talk about temptation. But when we talk about temptation, we're talking about all of it. So in the first week, we looked at the whole issue of our tendency to want to shift the blame. It's somebody else's fault. But the reality is the source of temptation is within us. The second week, we looked at the whole issue of the role of the tempter. He's not the one who's causing you to sin. He just knows how to manipulate you so that you are open to temptation in your life. So we talked about that in the second week. Last week, we looked at how, basically, temptation gives us these empty promises of fulfillment. And the reality is all it brings is destruction. And that God says, don't look to that, look to me. This week, we're going to look at another area concerning the whole issue of temptation, And that's the I factor. That's where you play a role in your issue of temptation. Well, you said, you already told me that. You said, I'm the source of temptation. Yeah, but it doesn't end there. You've got a significant issue happening, and that's how you approach it you understand? It's your whole approach to temptation. So it's not just recognizing that, this, that, that it's your desires that crave the temptation. It's your approach to it, and that's where we're talking about the I factor. Because I'm going to be honest with you. Do you know who your greatest enemy is when it comes to the issue of temptation? And it's not Satan. Your greatest enemy, when it comes to the issue of temptation to continue to engage in that destructive behavior in your life, that's wrecking havoc in your life and in your marriages and your family and your workplace, the greatest enemy that you have is you and your whole approach to it. What do you mean by that, George? Well, let's take a look here. We're going to read a passage that a lot of you know. It's verse 13. But we're actually going to look at one verse before that. That's verse 12. Because that's part of the context of the, of the Scripture, of what's being talked about here. Verse 13 talks about the issue of temptation. But verse 12 does as well. So let's look at chapter 10. We're going to look at these two verses. And then I'm going to bring to you what you and I can do about the whole I factor. Look with me at verse 12. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take these verses. I'm going to divide them into two sections based upon these verses. First of all, I'm going to talk about our biggest threat in verse 12 and then verse 13 I'm going to talk about a faithful God. Did you get that? Our biggest threat, verse 12 and a faithful God, verse 13. So let's talk about our biggest threat. Look with me at verse 12. Look at what the apostle is saying to us. Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Three things I'm going to bring out of this about as far as as our biggest threat. Number one, we believe that we can handle anything. When I look at this passage, when I look at what the Apostle Paul is saying, he's saying here, therefore let him who thinks he stands. What's he talking about standing? Somebody who has a sure foundation. That's the whole process that says, you know what? I can take anything that comes my way. I can handle it. In fact, I'm going to be honest with you. That's what our culture teaches us. Do you know what I'm saying? That's that's part of being an American is the whole concept that you can handle everything. That's the whole concept of you being able to do whatever to to achieve in life. Isn't that true? Isn't that the American dream? But that's our biggest threat. Because at the heart of it, when I say that I can handle everything, I've got a pretty big view of who? Myself. And folks, that's pride. That's my biggest threat, is myself, my view of myself. So we, we get to the place where we think we can handle everything. We can handle everything. The reality is, is that we believe rightly and a lot of times wrongly that we can handle anything. That's Pride. And the apostle comes along and says, if anyone thinks he stands, you need to be careful. Because look at what the second thing here I want you to see is. Pride does not consider our human weaknesses. Pride does not consider our human weaknesses. When we say things like, I can't handle anything that comes, we're, we're, we're making an assumption about how great we are, but forgetting about how weak we are. That's why I like to say to folks, and you've heard me say it several times in our church here, is that don't ever look down at someone because of what they're doing or what they're struggling with and say to yourself, well, I could never do that. I could never do that. I've heard people say things like that. Well, you know, well, I don't need to worry about divorce because I would never do that. I would never do that, as far as drugs, or I would never do that, or I never do this, or I never do that. You need to be careful saying that kind of stuff, because given the right circumstances, the right situation, who's to say that you wouldn't? And the chances are, you probably would. Now, how can how can you say that, George? Because you're human, and you're weak. And given the right circumstances and the right situation, every one of us could succumb. And it's only, can I tell you why you have it, if you're a believer here? It's called grace. It's called the grace of Jesus in your life. Do you know what I mean? It's only because of the grace of Jesus that you haven't. It's not because of you. It's because of grace. Grace. And so pride does not consider our human weaknesses. And here's what, here's what Paul is telling us. Here's the third point. If we're not careful, we're going to fall to anything. If you're not careful, if you're not setting up boundaries in your life, if you're not being aware of your own human weakness, if you've got this attitude that you can handle anything that comes along, you just better watch out because you'll fall for anything. You will crash and burn. We've seen it, haven't we? We've seen it over and over. Mighty, I I could do anything. I just love you, Jesus, and, and I would never do nothing like that. And then the next time you see them, they're like, really sheepish. What happened in your life? Well, I don't really want to talk about it. Then somebody else does talk about it. Isn't that the way it is? And you find out that the thing that they said they would never do, they did. This is what Paul is telling us here. Look at what he says, verse 12. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed. You need to be aware. Take heed lest he what? Fall. If we're not careful, we'll fall for anything. So let me ask you something real quick before we go on and talk about verse 13. Let me me ask you a question here. How you doing? Is there some area of your life that you're pretty haughty about? Well, I really don't know that there is, George. Well, yeah, I can tell you how you know where there is. What's your attitude about someone else who's doing what you think you would never do? (gasps) Yeah. So, So there you are, you're married, and it's your first marriage, and... You've got an attitude to the person that's divorced, I can tell you right now. You think you're, you can handle anything. And especially if you're young in marriage, you haven't if you're just newly married, we love you. Great. But life hadn't thrown kitchen sinks at you yet. Isn't that right, folks? Life hasn't thrown the refrigerator at you. here's here's what I'm trying to say if 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 you've got an attitude because your buddy or somebody at work is an alcoholic and you're like, "Well, I'd never have that problem. Hello, you're a prime candidate. Do you know what I mean? Because you're too sure of yourself. You're too too up on yourself. You think you can handle anything, but folks, given the right circumstances, the right situation, you're just a disaster waiting to happen. And great will be the fall. This is what the apostle is trying to tell us here. So he goes on, because you say, wow, that's a pretty devastating verse there, verse 12. I never thought of it that way. Yeah, but look at verse 13 the faithful God. Look at what he says there. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man, but God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Here's the faithful God. First thing I want you to see is the temptations we face are normal. If you have your own Bible, look at verse 13, and no temptation has overtaken you. I want you to underline that f- verb phrase there, has overtaken you. The implication of this text is, is he's talking about the issue that you're struggling with, the temptation that you continually give into. Do you know what it is? Do You know what I mean? Think about your life right now. What's the defeating behavior in your life? It starts off with a temptation. What is it that continually tempts you that you give into? You don't have to think too long about that. This is what Paul is talking about here. He's saying that the temptation that has overtaken you, that continually, that word overtake has the picture of a trap, that continually catches you in a trap, that ensnares you, that thing that you are struggling with all the time, does everybody understand? Are we comprehending this morning? You're saying, look at me and nod. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I know what it is in my life. Okay, all right. Okay, here's the thing. It's common to everybody. Look to your neighbor right now and say, the thing you're struggling with, we're all struggling with. Look to, tell them. The thing you're struggling with, We're all struggling with. Now, why do I have you do that? Because here's the thing. The enemy will come to you and will say to you that the stuff that you're wrestling with, the thing that you are struggling with, you're the only one who's dealing with this. You're the only one who's got a lust problem. You're the only one who's got an alcohol problem. You're the only one who's got an attitude problem in that area. You're the only one who's got loose lips. You're the only one, fill in the blank, whatever it is in your life. You know what I'm talking about? Doesn't he come to us and whisper those things in our mind when we're defeated by them? We think that we're the only one who's struggling in that area? Isn't that what we do? And here it comes, the faithful God, he makes it very clear through the apostle listen, the stuff you're facing, the temptation that you're continually giving into, it's common. In fact, that brings up the next point I want you to see here. You're not that unique. Some of you need to, I mean, you know, we like to say in church, oh, you're special, God loves you. Oh, you're just you're just wonderful, masterpiece, creation, one of a kind. Yes, that's all true, but you also need to know this. You ain't that unique. Yeah, you're special. Yeah, you're different. But when it comes to the heart of who you are, you're a human being and you're just like the rest of us. See, so you need to know that because some of you are in this destructive thought pattern that says you're the only one who's going through this, and you're the only one who's suffering in this way with the defeating behavior that you're engaged in, and you're the only one, you're the only one, you're the only no one else struggles like this. Everybody else is perfect. No, we're not. We're just better at covering it. Do you know what I mean? You just happen to wear it on your sleeve. The rest of us are very secretive. You ain't that unique. We're all struggling. We are all struggling. Do you understand? So what does he do then? He tells us this. This is so awesome. Look with me at verse 13. But God is faithful. Some of you need to underline that in your Bible. But God is faithful. Here's what I want you to see. God is faithful to his children. Because here's what happens. When you get into that mindset that you're the only one struggling with this, you think you're unique, you're the only one in the whole world who's got this problem, nobody else is you begin to think in terms of that it's you alone. And you're never alone. And if you love Jesus, and if you've given your heart to him, if you've committed your life to him, he's faithful. He is right there with you. Even though you mess up. And we mess up, don't we? We mess up, don't we? If you can't say we mess up, there you got a problem. Come talk to me. Okay, some if you can't say that, talk to your spouse later. Hey, honey, I'm perfect, ain't I? No, let me tell you what you did today.
0: He's faithful,
1: he is the loving father who even though the child keeps messing up, keeps falling down, he doesn't give up and say, "Oh, I'm done with that kid. Turn my attention over to somebody else because he ain't never going to get it." He's not like that. He's faithful to us. Isn't that awesome? You know what I'm saying? Because the first thing that happens, and you've got to remind yourself of this, the first time you and I mess up and we fail big time, what's the number one thing that goes through our mind right now? God God doesn't love me anymore. God, God's, I'm, I'm, I'm done for. How can he love me? I've messed up. He loves you. He's faithful. He won't abandon you. That is an awesome thought that you and I need to grasp. Because here's what he, and his faithfulness, here's what he does for us. Here's my next point. He does not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can handle. He looks after you and does not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can handle. Now, immediately, some of you are going to say, well, you know, hey, uh, up to this point George the faithfulness of God thing and me being my biggest enemy I, I I'm with you here but at this point I got to draw the line because I got to say right off the bat George that in my experience that ain't right Really? Because I faced stuff and temptations that I couldn't handle, and I kept giving it to him over and over and over again. And if he's, quote, not going to allow me to face things that I can't handle, there's something wrong with that word, George. That's not true, because in my life, I'm facing stuff I can't handle. That's why I'm in the mess I'm in. Really? Really? Maybe the reason why you're in the mess you're in is not because God's not faithful and not because He's given you something that you can't handle. Maybe what He's given you and allowed to happen in your life, you can handle it, but you've just made the decision beforehand that you're just going to give in to it. What do you mean? What do you mean? See, the reason why we lose the battles that we do with temptation is that we already enter into them with a mindset of not stopping the behavior. We just give in to it. And never consider for the moment that God is allowing me to face something that in and of himself he knows that I can do and overcome. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like a dad, you know, when, when I say to my kids, hey, I want you to do this, and they say to me, I can't do that, there's no way I can do that, and you as a dad know that they got it within them to be able to do it, and you still tell them to do it, and even though they say, well, dad, I can't do this because I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna make a big mess, I'm gonna make a big photo, there's no way I could do that, and, and you know, in your heart, that that boy or gal, if they went ahead and did it, they they would they would find success if they just put their mind to it because they can handle it. But they're entering into it with a mindset beforehand that says, "Well, there's no way. I'm just going to fail." God's a faithful father. And He would not allow you to face things that you can't handle, and yes, you may be giving in to it every time, and it may be defeating you, but I'm here to tell you right now, God is letting you face it because He knows that if you put your mind to it, you will be able to what? overcome it. It's just that you're looking at it wrong. You've got a wrong mindset. So do you hear me? Here's the point I want you to see with this. Some of you right now are in a destructive behavior that you are continually falling to and and, and it's like you just think like God has just doomed you to be crippled in life by whatever it is because he's given you something you can't handle. Here's what I'm trying to tell you right now. Take a step back And grasp this point. You can handle it. Did you hear me? Take a step back. Look at whatever it is that is defeating you in your life. And know this. You can handle it. Because if you couldn't, he wouldn't allow it to happen. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because if you can't handle it, he wouldn't allow it to happen in your life. He knows that you can overcome it. Yeah, you're going to fall on your face, but a righteous man falls and picks himself up seven times, the Proverbs tells us. So maybe you've got to pick yourself up 107 times. But somewhere along the way, you've got to grasp the reality that I can handle this with my faithful God. Do you understand? It goes back to his faithfulness. Back to his faithfulness. So what else does he tell us here? He provides a way us to escape temptation. Here's how faithful is He just doesn't provide you with something you can handle. Nothing beyond that. He also provides a way of escape. Now, I've heard people use it this way. It's like when I'm facing temptation. Okay, where's the door? Where's the door? Where's my escape, Jesus? Show me the escape. That's not what he's talking about here. That's not what he's talking about. The way of escape, we get from our greatest example Who's that? Jesus. Remember when he was tempted three times in the wilderness by Satan? How did he respond each time? With the word of God. See, the escape for you to be able to handle The temptation that you face, that provision that God has given you is multifold. What do you mean? Getting into his word, understanding what he wants for you, resting in that, rather resting in your own abilities. Because if you rest in your own abilities, guess what happens? You think you can handle it. What happens, folks? You fall. He's given you other provisions as a way of escape. What's that? Support. Support. If you're struggling with an area, I'm going to tell you right now, you cannot handle it yourself. Are you listening to me? You need to find somebody who's mature in their walk with Jesus, not a loose lip person. Don't go to somebody you know has got flapping lips. Okay? I mean, just being honest with you, if you don't want your laundry aired out, don't go there. Be smart about it. And we know who people are who have loose lips, right? You don't go talk to them. You go talk to somebody who's mature, who cares about you, who will be a what to you? A support. Listen, one of the things that is is so wonderful about like AA or 12-step program or Celebrate Recovery is not that the people come there and say, hey, I've got a problem. and they, they, They get support from others who understand, who help them when they're struggling. See, that's a way of escape, isn't it? So that when I face my problem, I can pick up the phone and I say, hey, I'm facing it right now. I'm feeling the same struggles that I'm always doing. I need you to pray for me. Or, hey, can we go grab a coffee until this feeling passes, until I get through this? See, it's not just the Word of God. God's provided you a support structure. Folks, that's what the church is. That we stir up and eat one another what? Love and good deeds. That's what Hebrews says. He's provided the way of escape. But here, I'm going to be honest with you. If I am suffering from the I factor, and I think I'm an island to myself, and I can handle this, and yeah, I'm struggling, and yeah, I understand Jesus thinks that that I can do it. Well, I can do it. You can't do it. You're just going to fail. We need each other. We need each other. Does everybody understand that? We need each other. And that's the point he's making here.
0: Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. this coming week.